0: Exploring the Word is brought to you by Reclaiming America for Christ and the Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. Is it really about the hustle and bustle of the season? This is Pastor Paul Blair, and thank you for joining us for today's edition of Exploring the Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. We'll be reading from chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. You know, it's amazing that as we get older and as we get more advancements in technology, we just seem to get busier and busier. And sometimes, although we're busy and much of it, we're doing good things, but sometimes it causes us to neglect some of the more important things. I hope that you enjoy today's message as we begin focusing on the Christmas season. And the title of today's message in part one is, It's Christmas, So Hurry Up and Slow Down. We welcome you to the radio ministry of Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond. We invite you to join with us for today's Exploring the Word. Here's Pastor Paul Blair. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Luke. Stand if you would. I hope you are in Luke. We're in chapter 10. Flip over to chapter 10 and we'll read beginning in verse 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. She was a disciple, she was a follower of Jesus, and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art so full of cares and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary or is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The Bible says that Jesus had no place to lay His head, had no place to call His home. But there was this home in Bethany just about a mile south and east of the city of Jerusalem. That was as close to home as there could have been for the Lord Jesus. You know, the Scripture talks in great generality about how much God loves us. We know in John three sixteen that famous verse that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We know in Romans five eight that God demonstrated His love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But a beautiful verse in John eleven verse five says simply this: that Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus that same agape love but on a personal level by the way Jesus loves you as well you can just insert your name in there and know that Jesus loves you but these this family was very very special to him he had a genuine fondness towards them they were very very close it's interesting to note that our king or excuse me our savior the king of kings never resided one night in the city of Jerusalem yet now there will be a day when he sets up his throne there but in his first advent, for those three and a half years of ministry, and even uh, in his, his younger days as being a, uh, a, uh, a obedient child, would come with his family on periodic feast to the city of Jerusalem. It's not recorded there's ever a night that Jesus actually stayed in the city. Always went out to either Bethany and stayed with friends, or stayed out at the Mount of Olives and the like. But that's not the point of our message tonight. But our text this, or this morning. But our text this morning, we see that. At a point in time, approximately halfway through Jesus' ministry, about three and a half years of ministry, and about midway through it, he and the twelve had been invited to stay at Martha's home here just southeast of Bethany. Now Martha was a generous and wonderful giving person, possibly a widow, we don't know for sure, but there are many that think she probably was, and apparently a woman of some means because she had a home large enough to accommodate Jesus and the twelve disciples, and she did this on many occasions. Now remember, this was a group of dirt poor, broke, traveling preachers and Martha opened up her home willingly and let them call that their home away from home. We also know that Martha was a loving and compassionate person. She willingly cared for and supported her sister and also her brother Lazarus. Now we know that later on Lazarus died. We know that great miracle that Jesus wrought. But apparently Lazarus was a sickly fella all along because usually the son or the brother would take care of his sisters. But in this case it's very specifically noted that it was her house and she was in fact caring for Lazarus. Perhaps Mary lived with them to help care for their brother. We don't know all the details but we do know this, that Martha loved her family and she was devoted Taking care of her family. We also know that Martha was a very courageous woman. Jesus, at this point in time, was certainly a very controversial person. Now the Jews were looking for one of three to appear. They were either looking for Elijah to come. They were looking for the Messiah to come. They were also looking by a gentleman known only as that prophet that Moses had spoken of uh, several centuries earlier. But it was decided by the religious establishment that Jesus was none of them, that He was just a charlatan, and they had uh, decided to reject His ministry. So therefore, by befriending Him... She, in fact, risked excommunication from her local synagogue. She risked losing business, whatever business she happened to be in. And by the way, there was also noted in Scripture that there were already some that wished to see Jesus de- dead. So, but Martha didn't care about any of these things. She welcomed Him and these pastors into her home and didn't care what the world thought. Now, we're at the night of this story. And please allow me the liberty to read between the lines a little bit in order to paint a picture ...of this particular occasion. I can see the men gathered visiting. Jesus teaching, seated as the teacher would. I can see the ladies working in the kitchen as gracious hostesses... ...trying to make sure that everybody was taken care of. And I can see uh, Mary perhaps going off into the other room... ...to set the kitchen table or set the dining room table... ...and then kind of disappearing and going in... ...and sitting at the feet of Jesus to listen to Him teach... And there's poor Martha, mashing the potatoes, stirring the gravy, chicken deep frying on the skillet, Bethany is south of Jerusalem, I already told you that, (laughs) rolls cooking in the oven, I can see flour in her hair, a little flour on the tip of her nose, all the while she's going back and forth to make sure that those tea glasses were full, those men as they were visiting there in the living room. All of a sudden she smells the chicken burning and she's reaching up on the top shelf to get a cake pan when all the pans come crashing down on the floor and in her utter exasperation Martha cries out for some relief. Now I believe she's not only put out with Mary a little bit at this point in time but I think as you read this verse of Scripture, you can see she's a little bit put out with the Lord because certainly he could see that she was busy working and certainly uh, he's aware that Mary is sitting there listening to him talk and not doing any of the work. And she says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath let me alone to serve? Tell her to get up off her lazy behind and, and, and get to work. And that's another one you've got to kind of read between the lines on that one. that's not in your version that's King James I'm quite sure that's it I'm quite sure that she expected Jesus to side with her but much to her surprise Jesus lovingly taught Martha a truth that she needed to hear and a lesson that we all need to learn he said this Martha Martha you're so full of cares and troubled about many things your plate is so full and your mind is so occupied with doing things that you're forgetting the most important thing that's me She'd invited Jesus into her home and had so much activity going on, she was so cumbered. That word cumbered means to drag around. Picture an old prisoner with a shackle around his ankle and a chain and a big lead ball. That's what cumbered means. She was dragging around all these responsibilities. And there was Jesus with these 12 pastors in her home. She was so busy that she didn't have time to actually spend with her honored guests and she became bitter she became critical and she became resentful and consequently she was so busy serving jesus that she didn't have any time to spend with jesus and again what were the results bitterness of her heart bitterness towards her sister resentment towards her guest because she was so preoccupied with working for the Lord. she was so preoccupied with working for these preachers and working for her family that she missed the blessing of enjoying her family and enjoying these preachers, and most importantly, she missed the blessing of enjoying fellowshipping with her Savior, Jesus Christ. Now I want you to know there's a purpose to this sermon. I'm preaching it to me. I'm just preaching it out loud so you all can listen to it. It's the Christmas season. This is a time of joy and remembrance, a time of fellowshipping with family and friends, and we all run the risk of being so busy doing Christmas that we don't enjoy the season. We can run the risk of being so consumed with shopping and cooking and doing things for our family and friends that we forget about the blessing of enjoying our family and friends. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been conned largely by convenience. We no longer have to stand together and wash dishes over the sink. We can just place them in the dishwasher. We no longer have to waste time driving from point A to point B. We can work while we're driving. Fortunately, we have text messaging and cell phones, so there can be no dead time. We can just work constantly, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We don't even have to spend time writing letters and putting them in the mail. We've got text messaging, emails, all sorts of instant messaging for immediate communication. We no longer have to visit with the family or the neighbors. We have 200 channels of nothing to watch at home. But with all these wonderful time-saving inventions, we all have less time than ever before because we simply overload ourselves with activity and race through life. Fairview Baptist Church, we must discipline ourselves to understand that every so often you just have to stop and be still, stop moving, take a breath, and just rejoice in the day that the Lord has given you. Now we are stubborn Baptists. I'm an independent Baptist and I'm proud to be of it, but if you look up that word in the dictionary, it means stubborn. Oh, come on, you know I'm telling the truth. (laughs) But I believe we've missed something. Now, don't take me wrong. We've missed something being under grace. And again, bear with me for a minute. I haven't gone off the deep end. I've not become a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm not going to be advocating going to the Sabbath day. So, but just hold on with me if you would. We thumb our nose at the idea of the Sabbath, saying that it's not for us. And that's right, but it's also wrong. We have the idea that the Sabbath was some burdensome ritual that the Jews were forced to do. And yes, the Sabbath was a sign of Israel's distinction and sanctification under the Lord. And yes, we no longer have to observe the Sabbath being under grace. But the Sabbath wasn't designed to be a burden. It was a gift to Israel. God said, every day is mine. You know what? All seven days belong to the Lord. But out of his kindness, he has given us six days to do all our labor. After all, he did all his labor of creation in six days. But the seventh, he has reserved unto himself. He said, The seventh is mine. I don't want you to work, I want you to rest. I think somebody's alarm is going off out there if you happen to be your car. (laughs) Isn't church fun? But he said this, on the 7th, I don't want you to work, I want you to rest. And in fact, Jesus taught the Pharisees that man wasn't created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for the man. Now, what a gift. These people who had been enslaved for over 400 years, always working... Even if you were sick, even if you were injured, they had to go to work. Now they were being commanded by their God to rest and make every seventh day a holy day or a holiday. Folks, the idea was to be a gift from an omniscient God to His creation because He knows that we need it. At the end of a week of labor, you need a day of rest from that labor. Boy, what a gift. Put down your shovel, put down your pen, put down your stress, put down your emotional, mental, and physical labor, and rest in the Lord. Now you better say amen to that. The Pharisees corrupted God's gift, and the Lord Jesus corrected them. You can do good on the Sabbath, Jesus said. If the ox was in the ditch, go ahead, get him out of the ditch. The Sabbath was not supposed to be a burden, it was a gift. God said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now man in his ignorance tried to define exactly what it meant to remember the Sabbath day and put all sorts of burdensome rules and restrictions. You can do this, you can't do that, you can only walk so far. Those rules and restrictions even exist to this day. You go into the city of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day and see these Orthodox Jews. I mean, some of the stuff is ridiculous. The hotels that we stay at, some of the luxury hotels that we'll stay in in Jerusalem, they have uh, at least half the elevators set up as Sabbath elevators. And what does that mean? That means that these elevators will automatically open and close on every floor, going up and going down. So you don't have to actually push the button. Because they don't want you to have to work on the Sabbath day. I meant to bring some of this. I've got some of it at home. It cracks me up. Do you know that they actually have, I I didn't know what it was. I asked Itamar, my first time to Israel. I said, what is this on the back of the toilet? I thought it was some some feminine product or something. And it was a package of pre-torn toilet paper. Seriously, I'm not kidding to you. They have packages. Now here's the problem. How do you open the package to get to it? (laughs) But they have packages of pre-torn toilet paper so you don't have to work on the Sabbath day. Now folks, that has gotten absurd. That is ridiculous. That is not the, the that, that's missing the point altogether. God said, man, you'll work yourself to death because of your greed and your hard hearts. You'll overwork your body. You'll neglect your family. And most importantly, you'll neglect to spend time with me. You need a rest. Therefore, I command you to take a day and rest. Now there's a lot of good that we can learn even from the modern Jewish people and how they do their Sabbath. It's really a fun day. As I said a while ago, and I'm sure I'll say it again, it's a one-week holiday out of every week. They prepare for it. It's an exciting end of the week. They begin first with a, a, a family devotional service, reading from the Old Testament. Then they're all dressed up in their Sunday best, so to speak, and they go and feast. I like that. We Baptists have a lot of Judaism to our roots. We just don't know it. In fact, we've got a Jewish Savior, did you know? But they feast, and they fellowship together. And after dinner, they sit with coffee, and they visit, and they fellowship as a family for the rest of the evening, and do no work. The next morning, they get up, And it's a day of holy convocation which means that they're to gather together in an assembly and they go to their synagogues and read the Tanakh. That's followed by another big family meal and day of fellowship and conversation with your family. Imagine sons and daughters actually talking to their parents. What a novel concept. And they're out the rest of that day up until the evening because theirs begins at the evening, the evening and the morning or the first day. It's nothing but just rest and family and fellowship. The idea is a one-day holy day, one-day holiday, one-day sanctified day, a special day forsaking stress and labor and focusing on family, fellowship, and God. I heard Dr. Talmadge made a statement like this. Imagine if you went into a store and the store clerk there says, I'm going to give you six pairs of socks. And while he's packaging your six pairs of socks... You steal a seventh pair. That would be downright mean, wouldn't it? Folks, every day is the Lord's. He's given six to us to work. But he said, there's a day, human beings, there's a day, man, which I've created and love, that you better set aside and spare. Spend some time with me and spend some time with your family and spend some time working or you'll work yourself into an early grave. Now I'm not suggesting we Gentile Christian Baptists start observing the Sabbath. What I am reminding you of is that God warned us not to be too busy that we live our lives and miss out on living. I'm concerned that we're so busy raising our children that we miss knowing our children. I'm so concerned that we're so busy cohabitating with our spouses but living alone. I'm concerned that we become worn out because of stress and we find ourselves in the hospital or in an early grave. Ladies and gentlemen, Martha was a dedicated, genuine, loving, wonderful, godly woman. But she had been so occupied with doing good things. She was working responsibly. She was entertaining. She was serving her Lord. But she'd lost her joy. She was distracted from focusing on the most important thing, that intimate time alone at the feet of her Lord and Savior. She was neglecting that good part. That means that beneficial portion, that portion for her benefit Which Mary had and three times in the scriptures you'll note where Mary is in this passage in Luke chapter 11 you find Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus in John chapter 11 at Lazarus's death when Jesus came you'll find Mary again at the feet of Jesus and in John chapter 12 just days before his arrest and crucifixion you see Mary at the feet of Jesus anointing those precious feet and wiping them with her hair delighting in the Savior's presence my church family, in this day of so many things going on and so many distractions in our lives, especially in this time of year, get busy slowing down and savor the time that we have with our family, savor the time we have with your friends, and most importantly, slow down and spend some time at the feet of Jesus every day. If you don't, you'll become bitter and critical and selfish. Amen. That's good preaching, Brother Paul. I know good preaching when I hear it. And I've decided that if you're not going to amen me, I'll amen myself. (laughs) Martha was loaded down. She had great responsibilities. She had wealth to manage. She had a family to care for. She had company to entertain. She had a Lord to serve, but she became distracted and neglected that best part, a little personal time sitting at the feet of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, there are so many things in this world waiting to distract us, waiting to occupy us. One thing is we can become encumbered with our work. Folks, work is good. We're not commanded to buy lottery tickets. We're commanded to use the fruit of our labors to do that which was good. We're supposed to work to produce. We're supposed to provide for our families. We're supposed to support and give to to the Lord's work and support this church and other ministries. You're supposed to help support those in need. But with all the conveniences of this day and age, with fax machines and emails and cell phones and you name it, we've gotten all this extra time. And rather than resting with the extra time, we take on more and more responsibilities and overload and overburden ourselves and we neglect the best part and we consequently become bitter and critical towards our co-workers, towards our jobs, or even worse, you come home from a bad day at work and you take it out and dump on your children and on your wife. Boy, I see a lot of deer-in-the-head-like out there. We can be too busy with our kids. So busy cooking breakfast, preparing lunch, helping them with their homework, washing clothes. I think that's all we do at our house is wash clothes. I've never seen so many clothes. I think we're going to get rid of everything. Everybody's going to have two pairs of pants and two shirts. If nothing's clean, you just stay in the house. But we're so busy with the kids, cooking breakfast, preparing lunch, helping with the homework, washing clothes, taking them to school, picking up their cleaning, taking the kids to band practice or to football practice or preparing dinner. We're so busy that we neglect the best part, just simply enjoying being with our children. It's even possible to be so occupied with the Lord's work that we don't enjoy the Lord Himself. Jesus said in Revelation 2 I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because Thou hast left thy first love. Ephesus was a great church and they did all the things right except their hearts had grown a little cold and they were just going through the motions. We're guilty of falling into the same trap. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say that we must not ever be so busy to neglect the truly important things. Husbands and wives Don't be so mechanical that you take your mate for granted. Do you remember when you were dating? How it didn't matter what kind of a day you had at school or how bad of a day it was at work. Just knowing that you were going to be together that evening and see the one that you loved. It was a great day and your heart was happy and you smiled it's supposed to still be that way. In fact, it's supposed to be even better because that person was just somebody that you knew were getting to know. This person that you go home with every day is your mate, flesh of your flesh, bone of your bone. You have become one flesh in the Lord. Don't let that intimacy vanish from your relationship. You know, I've learned something from Joshua which is the first thing I've ever learned from Joshua. But we can all be so busy. Joshua is the king of text messaging. And you young people know exactly what I'm talking about. You all can text message without even looking at your phone. How you do that, there's like three letters on each number, and you know just the proper number of clicks and which one to go through, and you can text message. I'm terrible. I've got two thumbs and both eyes. And usually backspace, backspace, backspace. Okay. But I, just this week, I, I, you know, I still think of her, my wife, all the time. But we take for granted our wives. Remember when you were dating and you'd go, oh, I think of her. And you'd write her a little note. <laughs> Brother Gene did He's like, what? Well, You're supposed to do that stuff? I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Or you might actually place a phone call to her and then you get married and all that seems to stop. It's not supposed to stop. I sent her a text message the other day. I love you with one of those little smiley faces. I'd never done a smiley face with a text message before. Cindy's replied. She said, I love you too. Who is this? (laughs) I was working at the computer the other day and I was working on it and I was thinking, I just thought about this. I grabbed my phone and I said, just thinking of you. That's not much. But it's special. You know what? We are so busy living together, working our way through life, that we forget to stop and enjoy living together with each other through this life. Don't be so busy doing marriage that you forget to just fully enjoy everything that goes along with being married. We work together doing the dishes. We, we do stuff around the house. We do the dishes together. Absolutely. We'll clean up the kitchen together. I'll finish what she doesn't finish on her plate. But that's good quality time. Just spend some time while you're doing the dishes talking talking about the day talking about the kids I, was, I remember dad dad was always so busy but dad was always so faithful mom would be in the kitchen working and dad would always come in and sit on this like a one of those like a bar i don't want to call it a bar stool because i don't want you to get the wrong idea but you know one of those taller stools in the kitchen you know one of those working stools in the center island you know and dad would sit in there just at the bit and he really did, didn't just go in and plop himself down the lazy but he'd come in and sit and talk with his wife We thank you for joining us for today's edition of Exploring the Word, and we look forward to being with you next time for the conclusion of this message, It's Christmas, so hurry up and slow down. Until next time, may God bless you. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond. We hope that today's journey in God's Word has been a blessing to you. You can find more sermons and resources at our church's website, www.FairviewBaptistEdmond.org or call 405-348-1745. Join us again each weekday for Exploring the Word from Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond.